This is the Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from Queens College in the City University of New York. For more, visit theannexpodcast.com. I want to talk about the 60-hour work weeks that it takes to be a sociologist. Did you hear about this? Yep. You guys caught this. So there was well, another... friends with Nick. How could I not? There was uh, a, another blow-up on sociology Twitter uh, this week. Uh, compliments of uh, Yale professor Nicholas... Is it Christakis? Christakis, yeah. yeah. Christakis. So here's the backstory. Jay Bon Von Bavel, I guess his name is. Do you guys know him? He's a social psychologist from NYU, and he tweets out an old story from Inside Higher Ed. And it covers a piece from uh, a Boise State sociologist named John Zicker, or Zyker, I don't know his name, from the Blue Review. The deeper backstory is that Boise State was proposing that professors should spend 60% of their time on teaching. And so this guy goes up and goes out and does what any good social scientist would. He does a time use study of uh, professors. And one of the key findings is that professors claim to spend 60 hours uh, a week working. So I want to just interject here. There are tons of studies suggesting that people who claim to work 60 hours a week routinely exaggerate how much they work, especially <laughs> men, but let's not get detained on it's that. The, uh, it's the church attendance of the meritocracy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, this story gets retweeted out and Christakis retweets it. And he says, I tell my graduate students and postdocs, if they're working 60 hours per week, they're working less than full professors and less than their peers. And the backlash was absolutely furious. People were talking about uh, unrealistic work expectations, cultures of, uh, you know, overworking and uh, just a a professional culture that doesn't accommodate the work life or work family balance. And there were a lot of negative tweets. And I wanted to kick off by asking how you guys reacted to this or what your thoughts are on the idea that if you want to make it in this business, you got to put in 60 hours a week. There's like so many different things about this that uh, stood out to me in terms of the debate. I mean, first of all, Nicholas Christakis is very smart. um, And I was surprised. I was surprised that he was tweeting what he was tweeting, given just the data that that finding that study is based on. Right. So part of the critique was there were only something like 50 respondents to this study. And it was um, kind of arbitrary who responded. And also, how do you track what counts as working? Um, you know, so part of it is the work life balance critique and part of it were just sort of the methodological and substantive critiques of how do you measure something like this in the first place. And I thought both of those were interesting debates to follow and made me reflect a lot on my own, what I consider work and what I don't. Um, So yeah, I could leave it at that and let other people jump in and then I can share First of all, there's got to be mad response bias, right? On a question like (laughs) that. Like, Who's going right. to hand in a time diary saying I watch CNN all day? Or uh, you know, like, <laughs> that's my executive, Joe. That's my executive time. It's <laughs> and there's also, you know, Steve Vasey made a really good point, right? Like, are we working now? It, you know, yeah, of course we are. Yeah, we are. But like, you know, it's like the uh, there's a, there's a lot like when I'm fiddling with R at night while I'm watching a movie. Like, does that count? Right. There's so many like. 
uh, he, I think he made the point that uh, work, when you're an academic, work bleeds into your regular life in a, in a seamless mm-hmm. way, such that you're like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're like living your job in some respects. But also, I think there's got to be a certain personality type that goes into this business that like, you just dwell on something. Like, you know, we're dwellers. <laughs> As a mental dweller. I mean, yeah, I think it can bleed into your personal life, um, but I don't think it has to. And and I think that's important because especially with all of us having like email on our phones and laptops we can bring everywhere and iPads and whatever. It's I think that at least since I started my job, I've been really strict about not doing emails and not doing work like at least one day a week and not after 9 p.m. And sometimes if I have a bunch of emails and I don't have kids or anything like that, but if I have a bunch of emails to send, sometimes I will type them all up at night and I'll cue them to go out in the morning because I don't want people to think that they can get a hold of me for work-related purposes at midnight and expect me to respond. And I think that um, absolutely our work bleeds into our personal lives, but I also think it's important to make it clear that it doesn't have to. And and we can set boundaries around that as well when necessary. Gotten, so I take it you've gotten those emails from undergrads at, you know, 1045 the night before the exam <laughs> saying, I saw this on the <laughs> syllabus. What is it? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's capital? I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I made a very big mistake my first time ever TAing when I was in grad school. And I gave my personal email and I told the undergrads, I was like, if you have any problems, you can email me. doesn't matter what time. I don't sleep anyway. And I very rapidly (laughs) learned that I had to be very clear that they can't expect me to um, do that and to never get about my personal email to undergrads for that reason. Because if I am hanging out with my husband and dog watching TV, like, that is time off and it's necessary and healthy and important for other things I value besides my job. Um, but I, you know, so when I, I get those emails the night before the midterm, I, I feel bad, but like I'll reply at six in the morning. I get up early, but I'm not going to reply at 1045 at right. night. Yeah. I mean, I just, my response to that uh, is it's bullshit. Okay. I think it's <laughs> bullshit. Um, number one um, if you want to scare away, you know, your most talented and maybe versatile graduate students by saying you have to work 60 hours to make it in this business, I'd be like, yeah. like, F this, I'm going to law school and I'm going to have <laughs> billable hours now, right? That's number yeah. one, right? Number two, I, it's one thing to say, well, on average, right? This is what mm-hmm. one needs to do. There are some people who are going to want to and need to work that many hours, right? Um, to quote unquote, make it. And some people who will ha- who, who will actually need to work less than that, right? You know, can you imagine forcing yourself to pretend write a chapter, right? You know, you you wrote your you wrote for your three and a half hours for the day, and someone told you that's not good enough. You should be writing for six, and you're constantly crafting and recrafting sentences. How inefficient is that, right? And yeah. then third, what do you mean make it? What does it mean to make it? That's, right. that's like a totally. That's like another <laughs> conversation on top of it. What does it mean to make it in this? Right. Well, business? that's my words, right. not his. Just to be clear, right? <laughs> He's just saying if you're working six. 60 hours, you're working less than everybody else, just so you know. 
but can, can you? But like, let's say making it is uh, getting tenured, getting a tenured position. All right, like uh, everything along the way. Can you make it to a, a tenured position without putting in big hours? Do you think it's possible, or do you think that if you wanna if you wanna get there in this business, you gotta go hard? Well, maybe that's why when I showed up to grad school with a kid. <laughs> Uh, a faculty member who shall remain unnamed asked me, what will you do with Duh. it? So. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> comment with help. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to point out, though. It's like this whole hard 60-hour thing. It's re- it is bullshit. And a part of the reason why is because things happen in your life that make that more possible at some points in time, less possible at others required at some points in time. I mean, Mm -hmm. I maybe slept like four hours a night in the last month of writing my dissertation because I had to write a chapter and a half. Sorry to my committee if they're hearing this for the first time (laughs) in three weeks, you know, but um, that chapter sucked. It's terrible. I'm ashamed (laughs) of it. Um, But I knew, okay, I have this deadline. I have to do it. I have to work like crazy but you have a kid you're sick something's happening in your life that's really important like you can't work that hard and that's okay it shouldn't I remember when my one of my best friends from graduate school um we used to play basketball actually in graduate school and she sprained her ankle and I had to take her to the hospital she sprained in the middle of a game and her first concern she started crying she said I have too much work I can't have surgery right now (laughs) and I was like oh my god you know come on it's just this idea that it has to be 60 hours always without taking into account real life issues is, well, like, is really, I think, very but, silly. And I think it's also this like very like sort of macho, yeah. sort of like, yeah, we're tough. This is what we do. And you're like, whatever. All right. Just- this is a very tough business to get a job in. Like it, it's a very mm-hmm. tough business. Like the competition is cutthroat. And what about this idea? Like, uh, so Christakis goes on Twitter and he's like, listen, this is, this isn't how it should be, but yeah. like, this is a reality. Like if you want to make it in this business, like the, it's very, very competitive. And there's a lot of, there's a big demand for some type of productivity or some type of markers of distinction. Maybe he's saying like, you know, if you, really want in on this business like this is like it's a very demanding business uh and it's like a a, a fair warning to to people who are thinking of getting into this who might think that well uh, i mean i that i i think point is point is well taken but going back to what i said before you know what i mean i think if you're offering that up as a you know kind of like on average that's you know what i mean but you don't tell me that if i am not that if I'm not working 60 hours a week, right, that I'm not being yes. productive, right? I think that's something for each of us, right, to work through ourselves. Some of us know that we have to work longer on something than it takes other people to do. And so, and we also know that there's some things that we can do in half the time that it takes some other people to do. That's, I think, something for us as adults, right, and at least semi-autonomous, as graduate students are, semi-autonomous beings, right, um, to, to, I think, uh, make that decision. I get it if you're like, I just want to give you some advice, young people, but what I'm afraid of is that there will be advisors in graduate school who are looking at their advisees and who are like, well, 
you're not putting in the mm. 60 hours, right? I don't want anyone using hard and fast metrics mm. like that, right? To assess whether or not whether or not their graduate students are doing what they should be doing. Yeah. I I also want to talk about that sort of macho, macho, masculine element. Like, I, I think that uh, I, I remember some friends of mine took a class when I was at Wisconsin, I wasn't in this class. Um, but the professor who was teaching it had done an ethnography of the most successful mm. sociologists, where they did their undergrad and what their work schedules were like. And I, rem- I asked them to send it to me because I was curious. And I think one of the professors um, spent six months a year at a cabin away from his family mm-hmm. and partner and kids, just writing and getting stuff out. Um, another one of them like wakes up at five, finishes all the small work that he needs, you know, small tasks he needs to do by eight, and then just spends all day alone doing research, like things like that, and, and leaves the office at 10. I was just like, do these people not have families? Like, I, you know, you have to, especially if you have other things or people in your life that you love and you care about, um, and you're spending all your time at your job, you're relying on other people to pick up the slack for those things. And that's sort of a historically male thing to do. It's not always and many men are wonderful equal partners. But I do think that when you get to promote 60 hour work weeks, you're also not taking into account all the other labor that gets done while you're working those 60 hours. Or it just doesn't get done. Or yeah, just doesn't I, I, get no, done. Right. Talking yeah. to the kids. Yeah. Well, the small tasks, uh, you know, touches on something that is, you know, interesting to me. Where one of the kind of corollary discussions was how much of the time gets spent in service, and that was actually next point, mm-hmm. which is that, right. you know, there there's two aspects of this. When you're early in your career, you may put in a ton of hours because, um, you know, you're competing against other people and you know, you now feel this every time you look at the job market and you see like the top candidates have like 18 ASRs and two books, <laughs> uh, you know, by the time <laughs> they go on the job market and you're like, how the hell do they do that? <laughs> yeah. But, but then when you get up to kind of mid career or higher that you, you're swimming against the tide because you have so much service to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually kind mm-hmm. of uh, Nick's point. It's not saying like, Oh, I publish so much, although he does publish a lot and he publishes very good stuff. Um, he was just saying, like, you have a ton of service work. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I'm in a good mood today because I just finished uh, graduate admissions. Mm-hmm. And Lisa just finished a couple weeks ago, um, search, you know, both of which are very intense obligations. And uh, the dean was doing a survey of um, uh, mid associates. I, so I guess Lisa probably didn't get this, although correct me, it also was for assistance, uh, asking how much service we do. And I sat down and calculated and figured, okay, this is only one quarter, but when it is, it's this many hours a week, blah, blah, blah. And I realized that when you add up peer review, kind of light committee work, and then the occasional intensive heavy committee like search or admissions, I on average do almost 20 hours of service a week. That's a ton. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, realistically, I have one day a week left uh, to do my research. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll squeeze in a few hours here and there uh, on a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever. But basically I just have Fridays and that's it. And then, you know, when I'm doing like a really heavy and in principle, that's like sacred time that I don't allow anything to bump, but in practice that gets bumped, yeah. you know, and sometimes I don't do any research for the whole week. Cause, and so this idea that it's like, Oh, 60% of your week should be teaching. It's like, in what fantasy world are they living where that's, you don't already have 50% 
of your time for service. Yeah. Well, that's a fantasy world of like senior administration who doesn't probably doesn't understand how how things work. But on the you know on the flip side, uh, my reaction was also so. First of all, I am the primary caregiver in, in my family. But uh, I really, uh, I work a lot. And part of it is I really like this job. Like I like at night, sometimes I'll play on, play around on R or read a book. And that's kind of work. But I feel like if I didn't have this job, I'd probably do a lot of this recreationally. And I feel very fortunate to be doing it, uh, you know, as the main, main thing in my life. Second thing I wanted to say, I, I said this on Twitter it's way working as an academic is way easier than raising kids. Like I'll take a day at the office way before I'll take a day at home. First of all, everybody respects me at work. Like they call me professor. Whereas I'm like, they're like, I'm like, Hey, get me a sandwich at home. And and that's the other thing. Like no one walks in and yells at me for not making them a snack or something like that. Right. So like, I'm happy to have my quiet days at the office. So when I get my daughter calls me Dr. Rossman, (laughs) <laughs> and I keep correcting and say, <laughs> Professor Rossman, I'm not a lecturer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my kids like to remind me that I'm not a real doctor. So. <laughs> You've been listening to the Annex, a sociology podcast. For more information, visit theannexpodcast.com Music is by Lena Orsa Our production team included Anika Chowdhury and Liseth Moreno On behalf of the Annex team I'm Joe Cohen Thanks for listening <laughs>